Ahoy hoy! Neo Noiros. That's right. It's it's obviously November, Dan. <laughs> it's that time again. You can't deny that it's that time again. Uh, Gentleman Joey here to say welcome to the show. What show are we talking about? Well, first off, it's out of the podcast, no matter what. Even if it's a bonus episode, you can't deny it's the podcast. Still us. Still us. Still me. I can't confirm you. I don't live your life, Dan. I think it's still me. I'm when, I'm pretty sure, like 98% sure. One day we'll have some sort of Freaky Friday scenario. You and me switch it up and have a good time. Imagine. Huh? I both can and cannot. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, hey, walk in a, a mile in another man's shoes. That's kind of a theme for today's choice. That's true. We're, 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 we're talking the, the Yakuza, the Yakuza pronunciations go so many ways yeah there's a lot of different ones in the movie we're dumb americans so it's probably going to be yakuza but we'll Mm -hmm. see maybe we'll we'll mix it up each time it'll be something different uh dan had earlier off show asked me why are we doing this one and not friends of eddie Coyle?" as we're in the second year of this thing Mm -hmm. how come there's no the friends of eddie Coyle, the the brilliant peter yates film that we all adore and love and that's a big reason of it is because I feel like everyone's seen and enjoyed that wonderful film. Whereas this one kind of gets missed, you know, but mm-hmm. there, I, you know, it's that same old Mitchum. It's the, there's two great old Mitchum films and it's Eddie Coyle in this one. But it, I, I just, I, sometimes I, you know, it's, it's pretty neck and neck, but uh, in many ways I prefer this one. It just, there's just so much unique and interesting about it that, uh, that I just, just love. Yeah, actually, I, I had not heard of it until you mentioned it a couple of years ago, I think right around when we started the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And I, I picked up the uh, Warner Archive Blu-ray and and yeah, uh, I'm glad I did. Fantastic print. I mean, I had seen the DVD. I watched this right when I was getting into Mitchum. Like they were everything was suggested to me at the same time. So that, that's another reason why it's like it always seems essential to me is like if you're talking Mitchum, you're talking Yakuza, right? Like that's. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. And then, yeah, Warner Archive came out with this a few years back, finally. Just, you know, every time they put out a press release and you see what's coming out and you see a cover you recognize and you get so psyched, that's what it felt like. It delivered. But yeah, this, I, I just, I like that it's, you know, we're going to Japan. That's a fun time. And there's a lot of like heart in it. And, you know, with, with noir, you're doing people like you're dealing with so many like moralist scummy characters. And, you know, like the theme of this movie is just people have too much morals and that's what's bringing them down and yeah, in affecting their lives. And that's just very fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you bring that up because it, it made me think about, you know, how a lot of like the kind of classic era film noir that we cover, a lot of it deals with post-war about soldiers coming home to America mm-hmm. and dealing with, you know, their life post-war. And this one is is kind of like, it's later, it's obviously it's the 70s, um, but it's, it's in reverse. It's like he's going back to the place where he actually stayed in occupied Japan after the war. Yep. So it's just a kind of an interesting kind of turning it on its head, basically. Exactly, yeah. It's like all the tropes are here, but that's exactly what it is. Like everything is just sort of, inversed and you're just right that's, that's nice to see it's very fascinating you get neon tokyo and at night it's great absolutely beautiful cinematography and, and one mm-hmm. of the fun facts i saw was that 
the director, our Sidney Pollack, he didn't speak any Japanese and the cinematographer was Japanese and didn't speak any English, but they found a way to communicate. And it, it just it, it, this whole film just feels like a collaboration, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a cool thing to see it even down to the script. I mean, you got Leonard Schrader wrote the script. He had uh, dodged the draft in the 70s and went over to Japan to teach English and was inspired to create this story. And his brother helped him out with it, Paul Schrader, who I'm a gigantic fan of. And that's another reason why we're here is I mm-hmm. just I, I want to champion Paul Schrader in, in any way I can. Yeah, um, And then Robert Town did a rewrite on it, who did Chinatown. And it's like, that's, you know, the writer, a taxi driver and the writer of Chinatown. What movie is that? You got to see that. Mm-hmm two movies we could easily do down the line you know in a way I, that felt as obvious as recommending eddie coyle this soon that we've seen it mm-hmm. but obviously again go watch eddie coyle uh you ready for mm-hmm. some taglines then <laughs> sure a man never forgets a man pays his debts i believe that's what's on the cover of this as is what's below it 100 years ago they were called samurai mm-hmm. separated by blood and centuries United by a woman, now hurled together against the Yakuza, Brotherhood of the East. Hmm. The Secret Society of Japan is the last one, sure. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking it. They, they open with a nice little explanation of everything, you know, telling you who these people are. It's just basically the Japanese mafia, Japanese gangsters kind of thing. Right. They hold honor very high and they have morals and codes and things that our mafia necessarily doesn't have yeah there's like i mean i think to an extent i mean like sometimes there's been mafias that have portrayed like where certain people have maybe like an honor code in some fashion but this is like i don't say to the extreme but you know it's 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 a big deal it's a lifestyle um, as yeah. opposed to maybe just like you know hey don't betray the family or whatever don't go against the family yeah that's the one <laughs> <laughs> so Mitchum, he plays Harry Kilmer. He's a, he's a retired private eye. And this is another trope I love, not necessarily from film noir, but in general, where some old friend comes in. He's like, oh, I'm calling you back, you know, like, oh, shit. You, you, I told you never to come get me. And it's like, no, no, no. The one thing that would get you, we're, we're coming with it. Like, All right, let's go. Yeah. One, one, one more time. One time. Yeah. One last get, job. Get, get everybody together. I love those. That's that's a great time. So he's called in by his friend, George Tanner, who has been doing business with the Yakuza, specifically with a gangster called Tono. And he was selling some guns to them and he totally didn't come through on it. And they're like, cool, no problem. We're going to take your daughter. <laughs> so hope it was worth it, bro. And then he's like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And then Tanner knows about Kilmer's background. And he's like, let me manipulate my friend into doing stuff basically off of the stuff we were talking about honor and everything he's like i know people owe you some favors and you owe them some favors and you owe me a favor calling it in let's do it all the favors at once Mm -hmm. the domino of favors so he heads to japan along with tanner's bodyguard richard jordan who is also our common thread of the friends of eddie coyle i love this guy he's just Mm -hmm. such an interesting face and acting style Um, i know he's also in logan's run as the bad guy which is a good time Mm mm-hmm He's in a lot of stuff. He is. Um, but then I, I believe he, he's like passed pretty early, didn't he? I think so. Let me. Because he would be a heavy hitter, I'm sure. Yeah, he was. I forgot. Yeah, he's in Dune. Yeah, the original Dune. There you go. He's Dun- Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Um, I knew he was in something that I loved. <laughs> and I couldn't remember what else it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was in a lot. He passed away 
in 93. So, but he was born in 37. So, I mean, you know, he, he was 56 when he died. He was in Good. Gettysburg, Hunt for Hot October. Sure. There you go. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So I'm sure we would have kept seeing him, if not for dying at 57. Yeah. So they both go to Japan and they go to visit an old friend of Harry's, an old flame, Eco. Mm. We find out the backstory and there's some cool. They, they visit his old uh, Harry's old friend that he served with in the military or whatever. Oliver. Yeah. Who loves chess and cats and nonviolence. But he can't play chess anymore, though. That's right. But he loves to watch people play chess. Yeah. Got to live vicariously, vicariously however yeah. you can. Exactly. So, yeah, like he is telling Dusty, you know, about this woman as Harry goes to see her. And there's just like a nice kind of montage. The voiceover sort of fades out and the music kicks in and it just sets the mood so good. I don't know. That's one of the things I like about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you you get these two just have a fantastic chemistry. And I don't know. There's just the 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 love and the loneliness is is just fantastic in this. And it just it it hurts. (laughs) Yeah, it hurts to watch these people and and what they can't have. But it's a very complicated situation because she has that brother. But, you know, we find out it's not a brother. It's a husband. And yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, he's just trying to track down what, you know, her quote unquote brother, because he's going to call in his favor because he was a uh, Yakuza. But then he hasn't picked up the sword in 10 years, he said. He got out of it. Yeah. Ken Takana, played by Ken Takakura, is Mm. just he's fantastic. Another person at the peak of their powers. And yeah, great actor. Just like kind of two two older men you know just really in full control of what they do and and coming from different worlds and yet just working together so fantastically both on the screen and off the screen you know like it's it's just really cool yeah i think i mentioned it off uh air in the last episode but growing up i, I liked the movie mr baseball and that's where i knew him from he was the manager of mr baseball that's right um, and he's great in that too absolutely um, him, and, him and him and tom Selleck. so um that was my my introduction to him but yeah he's 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 fantastic in this movie my friend has a mr baseball hat that I, he wears quite a bit really yeah. I, mean, I would wear i would wear it too if i had a mr baseball hat i haven't asked his relationship with the film so maybe i should well, if he doesn't like it or doesn't know about it, uh, I'll I'll take it off his hands. I imagine he knows about it. I just don't know if it's just like, hey, I found this hat and it was funny. Or if he's like, no, I love Mr. Baseball. Okay. I'll try well, to maybe get back to you on that. Yeah, steal, steal it anyway, because I do love that movie. <laughs> See what I could do for you. I'm surprised it has been on that. Uh, what's that Twitter account? Like the movie promotional items. Oh, like, yeah, should, I know. Yeah, it should be on that. He's hiding it too well because he knows yeah. everybody's going to come after it. Everyone's going to want that Mr. Baseball hat. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Baseball himself. No, uh, uh, Harry Kilmer, Robert Mitchum. He also had like, so like this relationship was so complicated. She broke it off and he wanted to get married and it just didn't happen to work out. She also had a daughter and she named her, was it like a bar, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a bar tavern. Yeah, she named place. it after him, Kilmer house. Yeah, that was her tribute to him. And mm. he had borrowed money to open that, which is how he got involved in this from Tanner. Yeah, from the Tanner. guy that, that started all this goddamn Tanner. So the three boys, Dusty, Kilmer and Takana, 
they go to to the Yakuza to go pick up the daughter who's been drugged. And uh, yeah, you get another great part of this movie, which is the violence. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very quiet, which I like. And there's a lot of scenes in this movie that just get to breathe. And a lot of times it is like the violence scenes, the fight scenes. And it's just it's a very unique way to go about it. And that's one of the things that makes it feel so unique and special. And Ken was forced into action chops off that guy's arm when he's shooting the gun which is awesome yeah <laughs> and uh that's not good everyone's pissed about that he, he went against the yakuza so there's consequences there even though tanner got his daughter back yeah so they're like cool let's go home <laughs> everything's good everything's good oh and also what you see um Iko's daughter what was her name hanako hanako yeah hanako She's fantastic, too. I mean, even just when yeah. she has her scene with uh, Harry Kilmer, Mitchum, it's it's just delightful. And she has that great chemistry with Dusty as well. Right. She's great. Very underrated in this. Yeah. A lot of babes in this movie, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's that scene where when they first meet up and, and Mitchum says that she's a knockout. She's like, I don't know. What, what's that mean? He's like, oh, that you're beautiful. You're a fucking oh, babe. Your mom's yeah. a babe too, though. I mean, I'm saying they're yeah. all babes. Everyone, everyone looks fantastic. Even Mitchum's just like, yeah, I'm like in my fifties. Things are good. Yeah, yeah. Could be worse. So yeah, they're like, oh, uh, so the shit went down. <laughs> Ken's in trouble. You guys are just gonna fly off and go? And he's like, all right, well, no, I gotta look out for Ken, even though this guy hates me. But there's a respect going on, and everyone is obligated to one another. And they, he, he even tries to go to. Ken's brother and he's like hey can you help out here he's like no sorry but uh you got this right and his brother has you know a very nice office it seems to be doing well yeah he's like a very like respected some type of I don't know if it's like a business or like if it's like some type of political thing it's it's but he's like a pretty like established person like yeah a lot of connections yeah exactly and they have like connect like dealings with the Yakuza so he's even like hoping like hey you know people and they're like yeah, they say it's not going to happen and my brother's probably going to die. So if you, you can uh, save he's him. Just like, I'm staying out of it. Like, I'm like the peacekeeper. Yeah, I'm surprised he's even still alive. Oh, here we go. He's yeah. a high level legal counselor to the Yakuza okay. chief. So okay. that'll do yeah. it. But he's like, I'm, I can't do it, but you can do it. You don't even need a sword. You could, you could shoot a gun if you want. Have fun with it. Do your thing. And then you get the bathhouse scene, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Where this guy's going to stab him. Yeah, I don't know. Remind me of uh, Eastern Promises, the Cronenberg movie, if anyone's seen that. It's a good classic bathhouse scene in that one, too, with the knife. But yeah, they're able to stop this guy, even though Kilmer takes a stabbing. <laughs> People get pretty beat up in this movie, for sure. Oh, yeah. So they're like, oh, shit, who tried to kill us? It was fucking Tanner. He betrayed everybody. And he's like, oh, yeah, like I spent a ton of money and I spent your gun money and uh, (laughs) whoops. And they're like, well, the way you could make this right is to kill these guys. So he takes a contract out on him, which does not go well. And they're like, shit, they go back to Oliver's place. And then there's that crazy, crazy attack there that goes on. Mm -hmm. And then get Oliver just like, stop fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So annoying. I know, but right when I was getting super annoyed by it, he shut the fuck up, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, good," because that it's was like, just good. get out of the way, Oliver. Exactly, dude. Like he's holding his cat, and it's like I, I think when people are shooting and swinging swords, like yeah, get out of the way. It, it's gonna just need to end. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. listening. 
and you lose Hanako, who is there, and Dusty as well. Dusty gets stabbed to death, although he gets one kill in at the end right before he goes. Yeah. Like a hero. But yeah, this thing went as wrong as possible. Those two crazy kids who seem to be really falling for each other, kind of like a, a young Harry and uh, Eco. And also Dusty mentions uh, he confides and confesses that he was actually supposed to be a bodyguard for Tanner. I mean, for Mitchum, supposedly, but it was actually twofold. It was a bodyguard, but also like to watch him. Mm -hmm. And like he was like supposed to be on on Tanner's side, technically. But he was like, no, like I want to do the right thing. And and I'm with you. Like I'm not. He gets so caught up in the honor and everything. And and yeah, he goes out, you know, with a clean soul. Yeah. So they go to Ken's brother again, Goro, and they're like, not Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> nope. A lot of Mortal Kombat references lately, Dan. Yeah. Uh, we're not trying. They'd come to us. They're just happening. They just happened. But yeah. Nice to be Street Fighter. <laughs> that would be fantastic. If only there was a neo-noir with JCVD, that would have been good to go. Well, you know what? We can make a connection, Dan. You ready for it? Story sure. by Leonard Schrader who won an Oscar for Curse of the Spider-Woman, I believe that was the name of the movie, with mm-hmm. uh, William Hurt, who won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I believe, oh, yeah, never mind, uh, Schrader was just nominated, but William Hurt won an Oscar, and Raul Julia was in that film. There we go, there it is. Played M. Bison. M. Bison himself, Fighter. yeah. So there you go, we got it. Thank we got you. the connection. You are so welcome. <laughs> I needed that. Goro, with his four arms, he's like, hey, go, uh, you gotta kill Tanner and Tono, like, you got to do what you got to do. This will clear you. The Yakuza guys will be like, oh, those guys needed to die. So that's fine. And Goro was like, oh, by the way, I got a son in there. So if you could just go ahead and not kill him, that would be great. It's the only favor I'm asking. Don't kill my son. <laughs> like, no problem. We promise your son will not die. And then also Goro's like, hey, hey, uh, Mitchum, come with me. I got something to tell you, which is where he tells him like, oh, yeah, oh, your whole life has been a lie. Like, those two were married. They're not brother and sister. You didn't think it was weird that I wasn't like, hey, there's my sister over there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. This makes so much sense. And now we know why the stakes are like they are our whole lives and even more so now because Ken just lost a daughter. Right. And you see that you see the embrace there and you see it's definitely like it seems like a lot more than just like an uncle <laughs> being sad about it. Like, well, this is the beauty of old Mitchum is just the, yeah. the, uh, the pain and the hurt that he's able to convey in his face and his acting is just, it's yeah. so effective. It helps knowing what you know and where he came from. And he's still that great, but it's just, it's different, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems sort of commonplace in these roles for the, a lot of the, the older actors at this time where I don't know, you kind of got roles like this where they're like, we need you. We need you one last time. We didn't appreciate you, but we're going to appreciate you going out on top. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little resurgence in the early 70s. Exactly. You know, even though all these movies kind of failed, but there was still the yeah. people that liked movies still got it. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, we're still talking about it now. So, you know. Exactly. Two young snappers like ourselves. Right. Tastemakers. They must know what they're talking about. <laughs> Uh, and then you get to see where they go into Tanner's apartment. I just love it because they're just like kicking in doors, shooting at everything. Love it. Just, again, just the violence is so good. And you also get when Mitchum shoots him and it's like a million cuts of him doing it. Like, bam, yeah, bam, it's, bam, bam. It's great. 70s. Love it. Yeah. Good good time for that. <laughs> and yeah, this this whole thing, it's a nice drawn out battle. Ken takes out Tono. 
you know, everyone's in their underwear, basically. Mm. <laughs> cool tattoos flashing around and swords. And it, it's great. And yeah, he takes out Tono traditionally, just like he should. And then who should come out, Dan? But fucking Goro's son mm. didn't get the message. I was like, you could make it out alive. And yeah, he's going after them. And there's like really nothing they could do but take him out. So, yeah. Whoops. Killed whoops. by your uncle. <laughs> Which, you know, he feels bad about because he's like, hey, I killed your son and, you know, I'm going to kill myself with the knife. Seppuku, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it cuts off his finger. Harry Carey. Well, no, no, no. To oh. the stat, the this one. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't do that, though. No, but he's like, I'm going to. And his brother's like, no, 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 don't do oh. it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, hey, we have such a sad life. <laughs> this is not going to help me whatsoever. Right. That's right. Yeah. And so Kilmer then goes to talk to Ken and he's like, I'm sorry about all of this and everything. They're going to drink some tea and Ken gets up for a second. And then this is where he, he does cut off his finger. It does say what it is here, but I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it. But it's it's the one where you cut off your pinky, um, right. which they allude to earlier. And it's just kind of like a way of paying a debt, you know, like giving a piece of yourself to someone and could be good, could be bad. And he's giving it to him in a handkerchief. And he's you know, saying, I'm sorry about everything. And this is what I have to give you because I didn't mean to take your wife and, and make things so complicated. Right. You see like back to back, like fingers getting cut off, you know, intentionally <laughs> by you know, your, your own hand, essentially. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it's that level of honor, though, like you said. Truly. And he's like, also, you got to forgive your wife. She's hurting. Everyone's hurting. Let's get over this thing. Mm-hmm. You're a good guy. Enjoy my finger. It was a hell of a finger. We're friends. They're like, yeah, we're, we are the best friends. No no greater friend than you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mitchell, he's speaking Japanese, too, which is also fun to see. Does a, mm-hmm. an okay job. I mean, I'm not an expert, so maybe Japanese hear it, and they're like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> but yeah, I think he does pretty good. Yeah, it's, It seems like it. He's also just, again, with the so great at conveying that emotion what are you typing over there dad don't worry about it oh okay <laughs> <laughs> well anyways that's the end of the movie like you go to the airport they, they... yeah i mean i knew we were there so i was just i was looking at something Fair. i was i was i was thinking about um i was kind of reflecting on on this movie uh because yeah i mean i really like this movie it's a great movie but it made me think about the yakuza films that i i've loved that i i've been a fan of like well before i saw this movie like like the size and suzuki films like brandy to kill tokyo drifter and a, and a lot of those movies and just like how amazing they are and like i haven't watched them in so long but it like made me want to want to rewatch a lot of those uh, after watching i mean n- nothing nothing against this movie but uh it just made me kind of get more in the mood of like oh i really want to go back and and revisit some of those because i definitely like you get it you get in a certain mood or a vibe and then you just start you know kind of working your way through all those movies again and you're just like wow they, like stylistically they're just so cool absolutely and it's not to say that this is even like better than them it's just interesting right. to see like oh and we brought in like a westerner and it's being made by a western director yeah and seeing what you can get from that but yeah if mm-hmm. anything it should get you hyped up and then be like cool what else Let's keep it going yeah um, so are you, you going to rate this one or are, you, or are we just going to assume it's like <laughs> 11, 11 out of 10 Boy, that's a tough one. Yeah, the Neo Noir members, because like we're really just bringing in movies we clearly love. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is it's a it's a 10 out of 10 for me. There you go. What do you rate it? There's the question. Um, good question. 
what's the i think the the imdb was like in the sevens if i remember um which is still really good it's 7.2 yeah i mean i 7.2 would... is like the average of like people being like i didn't like this and people being like i loved it i feel you know like it's... yeah it's the aggregate yeah yeah um yeah i mean i give it like a 7.6 7.8 maybe okay. like 7.8 yeah like i i think it's great i don't think i mean yeah obviously i don't think it's bad i don't know I think that's a good rating. Like, I don't think I'm giving it a bad rating. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but the sevens are always like, are you leaning more towards a six or more towards an eight? Why? Oh yeah, definitely. Could more that towards be? Eight, eight. Could that yeah, be yeah. bumped up? You know, to a seven point nine or an eight point zero? You know. Yeah, I I do appreciate that it does kind of ramp up the violence as it goes on. Um, yeah. I do appreciate films that can do that. Um, and do it well. And this is one for sure. And yeah, you get kind of. You get Mitchum a little bit more. I mean, especially for like older Mitchum, you get him in the uh, like at the end where he just goes like bonkers. Like with he has like like the the shotgun and then the handgun, and he's just going around, just like he's bleeding, he's going you know from room to room, and and yeah, it's just uh, it's wild. But yeah, I, I had a good time. I actually I watched it late last night, and I I mean. I didn't fall asleep. So I feel like that's a good, perfect, you know, if I start a movie post 9 PM and I stay awake through the entire thing, it's almost two hours too. So yeah, it's almost two hours. Yeah. So like, yeah, it it like bumped right up to 11. So I give it that. I mean, that's, that's something right there. That sounds like an eight to me, if it's able to do that. All right. Give give, give it an eight. (laughs) I thought like eight, eight reserved for me is like reserved for like, you know, like double indemnity or something. You would get Um, double indemnity at eight and not a 10. Um, what is your 10, sir? I don't know what I give a 10. Yeah, wow. I, I think that's the thing. Like, like, well, this this is good. This helps. If you would give double indemnity an eight, now I think everyone knows when you're kind of like, oh, it was it was a you know six or a seven, and be like, wow, he must have loved it. Because I don't know what to give up what like what a perfect film is for me. You know, like I, I, I like a lot of different films for a lot of different reasons. Well, out of your two neo noir member choices, I gotta imagine one of them's a 10, right? I don't even know, like, I don't know what movies I would give a 10. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, your I think fa- my... what's your favorite movie? I hope that's a 10. Uh, what is my favorite movie? This is fascinating. <laughs> what about albums? Would you give music a 10? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel Do you like feel that humanity has not achieved perfection yet? You're a tough critic, I, I, Dan. I think I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, like, if I had to pick, like, a, a, a 10 out of 10 movie, I, you know, maybe like I'm going to force movie. a score out of you so much more often because there's so many times on the podcast you're like, I love this movie. And I'm just assuming that's like a nine or a 10. And now I know it's like, yeah, 7.2. I love this movie. Yeah. I, we I do think... not hold the same scale, sir. So when, you, when yeah, I'm I think giving my numbers, please know I give Double Indemnity a 10. That is the, the ranking. Okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. I, I think I'm maybe my I'm, I'm a little bit stricter greater than you you are. Yes, yeah. we, again, you give double indemnity an eight. That is as strict as it could get. I think about like some favorite directors. Like I think of like, I mean, I, I love Sam Peckinpah. So like, you know, I, I think of like, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia, Getaway. Like I, I put them up. Are these tens? I think Alfredo Garcia, I would put a 10. I, I, I think I think Getaway is definitely up there for me. I would give that maybe like a 9.5. I could definitely see myself doing that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. Um, I, I think... Some of like the, the cinema Tarkov- greats, like like Tarkovsky, like Tarkovsky yeah, like Bergman, yeah, like they're they're all they're all like you know like nine point eights, you know nine point nines. Like I, I don't I, again, like I I don't. 
it's so tough for me to be like, oh yeah, this is a 10 out of 10. It's a perfect film. Like I, I Next just don't. Next November, let us know what a 10 is for you. So now the, the Noiros can know the scale to work from for you. I think I might know what it is. If I, if I had to pick one for, for Neo Noir, I could, I mean, I could tell you it now, or if you want to wait. Is um, it the one that's coming? No, it's not. It's not this month. It's not one we're doing. Oh, well then yeah, sure. What do you got? Uh, I would say Blade Runner. I, I mean, Blade Runner is another all-time favorite movie of mine. So I would uh, hope Blade Runner is a ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that one. Is. Where do you put Wayne's World? <laughs> that's a, that's a whole different ball game. This is the um, same ball game. It's movies. That's the game. What do you got? Wow. Um, it's tough because you're you're judging like it's a comedy versus like, like an art film. You know what I mean? I, I, I kind of put them in a little bit different. If you enjoyed it and if there's anything you wouldn't change, you know, like, and, and if you loved every aspect of it, these are what makes it 10. I think, I think that that statement right there is the difference between your scale and my scale. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's the, like, I, I think there are more like, maybe more like layers or nuances that like, I can't get over, you know? What is that in Wayne's can? world? That um, it's a comedy? Yeah. Cause it, I mean, can any I, comedy I achieve a 10? Duck soup, maybe. Duck, duck soup. Okay. <laughs> uh, waiting for Guffman, I would say, for uh-huh. me. Okay. I mean, they're definitely Better. ones that are, are, are up there. I, I don't really want to make this about me anymore. Can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do I, a I film I... review podcast? People need to know what where these reviews come from. Uh, I don't know if they do they. I, I don't know. I thought I, so. Because, I mean, I don't honestly... I, I think I rarely actually give like a numerical. No, you never do. And now I realize yeah. that that needs to be done more often. Cause I, I, I think I don't like to do that. I, I think, cause I like different movies for different reasons. Like I said earlier, like I, I don't want to, it's tougher for me. I think like I, I have a tough yeah, time. But people that respect your opinion, they want to hear that. So they'd be like, Oh, I trust a Dan pick. Mm-hmm. So let's hear what he's got to say about it. Well, somebody has got to be Siskel and somebody has got to be Ebert in this. <laughs> <laughs> in this uh this partnership and who um, are you who was tougher i don't even remember it's been so long since i i i watched that was i feel it, like was they were Siskel? just like equally but like in different ways i don't know yeah i mean that's kind of us yeah in a way i mean maybe maybe i have to be i have to pin it down maybe a little well we maybe like each other so that already that's true yeah doesn't make it doesn't work out <laughs> yeah I, I i think i would need to give it more thought because although like, after I mean, this bomb you dropped in i don't know <laughs> Well, I mean, this has been, you know, I haven't given this a lot of thoughts. So you're kind of hit me on the spot with this because it's not something I normally think about. Like, I, but, I, that's just not how I grade movies. I don't grade movies like in that in that sense, like in a numerical sense. Sure. So it's it's I didn't either until I until we did this show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so like I said, it's tougher for me. Like you're kind of just asking me off on the fly when I don't really have like this full scale in mind, like off the cuff off the top of my head yeah but now i know you like this movie almost as much as double indemnity so that makes me feel better about the seven point whatever score you gave yeah i mean it's a great movie i i think it's kind of a a well-known thing about me that i love 70s crime movies in all of their different facets i think we've kind of talked about that on and off the podcast but like you know, I'm just a huge fan of, you know, that as a genre. So, I mean, this has all those elements. It's neo-noir. It's got a great cast. Like, it has all the elements that I like. Um, and it's And great people behind the camera, too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a great film. And kind of early in everyone's career, you know, even though you're catching Mitchum at the end of it. Right. And the other end of it, you're getting close. And uh, I know that uh, Leonard, or 
Green Lantern Strader's name. Sidney Pollock had like some difficulty with Mitchum as people usually did. Not that he was like tough to deal with, but more just like getting emotion out of him or getting him to act in a, a way that they would like. And it seems like it worked. It seems like he kind of got something out of him that a lot of directors never really did. Yeah. And it seemed like he pushed him a lot. Exactly. Um, Which for some of- young person, you know, to come in and push an older actor, you know, like that, that's tough to do. It needs to be done delicately. So you got to respect he, what he he's able to get. Had he directed a lot before that? I don't even know. Not a ton, but like some. He, like, did, you know, he, he was, did a lot of TV. Yeah. But he had already done like They Shoot Horses, don't they? I mean, like, you know, he was getting established, but he wasn't quite. Yeah, he did Jeremiah Johnson, The Way We Were. And then he did Yakuza and then right into three days of the condor um yeah so this one little failure (laughs) and nothing but success yeah wow almost had robert aldridge as director um and he was like signed on and then mitchum came on he's like hey it's my old buddy mitchum and then out and then mitchum's like i don't want to fucking work with this guy (laughs) yeah so he got fired and um yeah and even uh martin scorsese was up for doing this you know like a lot of people almost worked on this one yeah, it's always interesting to hear different actors and trying to picture them in the role. I think like Charles Bronson was up for the role at one point. Yup. I think Lee Marvin too. Would've and been good. yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting. Like, I mean, I, I love Charles Bronson, but and I feel like he probably could have worked in this. But I think coming back to what we just talked about, I think seeing Mitchum being pushed, I think in a couple of different directions made it more effective like I, as much as I, I like i like charles bronson i don't know if he could have had the kind of i don't know if he would have brought the same not to that level pathos like yeah. like in in the movie like i don't think he could have done that like mitchum does at this point in time in his life i mean 74 i mean it was the same year that he did the first death wish movie so you know i i don't know and I, i'm a, and i'm a huge bronson fan don't get me wrong i mean you named but, him and lee marvin and it was just like those yeah. were a lot of actors with movies that were uh, almost made it to this month's neo november it's it's a struggle yeah. you only get four movies and each of us gets two picks it's tough it was it's, tough it's a tough to we always yeah. try to make this count and that was one reason behind it. i was like you know hey god forbid i don't make it to next year somehow but mm-hmm. i would want to make sure i got the yakuza out there and, and showed it some mm-hmm. love so glad we did it. and i i'm excited about next week dan because i feel like it's a similar situation of just showing an underappreciated movie some love we're going to 1987. We're looking through the bedroom window, baby. A violent crime. What happened? He was trying to kill her. A secret affair. I'll tell them what you saw. Or I'll tell them that I saw it. A single witness. Were you alone? Yes, didn't I say that? That's why I went to sleep, Dave. <laughs> a determined victim. It wasn't you in the bedroom window at all. What are you talking about? She was the witness, not you. No matter what happens, I promise you I won't let them find out about you. You're either a romantic fool or you're an idiot. And one man who must live a lie. Are you arresting me? I'm moving a little slower this time around. To reveal the truth. They know you lied, they just don't know why. <laughs> It looks like they're wondering if maybe I didn't kill those girls. Stop! Elizabeth McGovern and Isabel Huppert 
in a romantic thriller in the tradition of the master of suspense. The Bedroom Window. I wanted to bring a very underrated under the radar movie and and because I was I was I had uh, like a, a list of like things like swirling in my head and this one kind of popped up and I was like, "Ooh, I forgot about this one." Even I, mean, I these, forgot about it. These movies kind of came together. I mean like we we talk about it all year, but then when it comes time to, you know, put up your cards, it's like, "Oh, oh, what are we going to do?" Whoops, and like yeah. you struggle to put it in and we talked about a lot of movies and then yeah, you threw this one in here and I was like, "Ooh, I'm excited because I had watched this I think earlier this year." I don't remember. I remember I talked about it on an episode, though. So, yeah, the hardcore fans will know. Um, yeah, we but I'm excited to watch it, it yeah. again because it, it's uh, well, well, we'll talk about it. Dan. Speaking yeah. of talking about it. But yeah, thanks so much for coming out of the cast on Twitter, out of the podcast, Instagram, rate, review, subscribe. The real out of the podcast, gmail.com. Can you tell I'm trying to get us the fuck out of here, Dan? I can. I can sense it. Yes. <laughs> These episodes are supposed to be quick. Still, we did good. Uh, thank you so much. We'll see you Thursday for another classic movie. And we'll see you next Monday for the window, the bedroom window. Where do you see who's starring in this one, guys? You're going to love it. It's a it's a very interesting cast with some very interesting cameos. We are going to talk. Yes, the cameos yeah. too. Yeah, we are going yes. to talk. Uh, but until then. Oh, and I forgot to say <laughs> at the very end of the episode, uh, this this uh, Yakuza streaming on HBO Max as of this recording. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely go watch it. Yeah, it really I mean, should have opened with that. But yes, yeah, I totally forgot. Um, yeah, so it's hey. available and go see it. Yeah, definitely a good watch. I, I would definitely recommend it for sure. Dan said it was almost as good as Double Indemnity, so that's <laughs> as high as a recommendation. I'm never gonna live this down now. Never, oh. Absolutely not. The Dan scale says nope, and oh, this, this is what we're toasting right here, baby. We're raising our glasses to say, hey, is to uh neo crime neo crime yeah. did we have a saying for this one i don't remember i think that's what it was perfect <laughs> Ridding. <laughs> 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 <laughs>